Hello everyone, welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill. Today we have a great message coming to you out of the book of Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11 is our opening text. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up there. If you don't have your Bibles, pause the podcast, run back and get your Bible and join us. The title of the message today is I've Come Too Far to Turn Back Now. Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward unhungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he, Jesus, answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, Jesus, If if thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him into an exceeding high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them, and said unto him, All these things will I give to you, Jesus, if you'll just fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Church, I want to tell you today that just as Jesus was tempted, we as Christians can and will face temptations. We are not exempt from it. If they, if the devil came after Jesus, he's going to come after you. God the Father wants us to live in a strong faith toward him and faith in Jesus Christ so that we can overcome these temptations. Satan wants us to give in to those temptations and fall from grace and, and eventually fall from our faith in Jesus Christ. So it's important to, for, for, for Christ followers to hold fast our faith, our, our, our faith in Jesus Christ. We need to hold fast our faith without wavering, for he is faithful who promised. Hebrews 10 and 3, 10 and 23, the, uh, the scripture that we base our podcast off of. It's important that you don't lose faith. It's important that you don't let these temptations drive you from unbelief, drive you into unbelief. You need to make sure you hold on to Christ and stay away from every temptation you can possibly do it. And I understand life is difficult. It's full of challenges. It's full of trials and tribulations and temptations are always readily available to knock us off our horse on every corner and every turn that we make in our life. And when presented at the right timing, Satan's temptations can make you want to give up. Satan's tactics can cause people every day to walk away from the faith. And it does. There's plenty of people who turns from the faith. Plenty of people who walks away from it and and daily people are are saying you know there's just not a god i I don't believe anymore so it's these temptations it's our loss of our faith that makes us do these things and we should all know that faith in jesus christ will not always be a walk in the park and listen paul 
He knew this without a doubt. Hey, Paul knew this better than anybody else that that the, the living for Jesus Christ would not be a walk in the park in his life. He wrote in the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but there's one thing that I do. It's forgetting what's behind and pressing forward to what is ahead, and I press toward the goal to win the prize and to, win, and to, and to finish the race that God has called me into heaven where to, in Christ Jesus. Listen, we need to look at what Paul has done. He says, I know that I don't have it all there yet. I don't know. I know I don't have have all the answers. I, I know that I don't have everything that people need and I, I'm not there yet. I've not arrived, so to speak. But there's one thing I know that I'm going to turn away from what's behind me. I'm not going to look at the world behind me. I'm not going to look at the things that I left behind when I accepted Jesus Christ in my heart. I am going to press toward what he wants me to be in my life. I'm going to press toward the goal that he gave me and that goal is to make it one day into his presence and living eternally with him by serving him and doing what he told me to do. And, and you see this, this, this is Saul, the, the guy, Paul, that used to be Saul is a guy that was killing Christians all the time. And just, you need to see this, people, the type of faith that he had. Just one slap off of his donkey, a, a short time of blindness and a healing delivered by one of those Christians that he was determined to kill. And all of a sudden, Saul was transformed into Paul. Uh, God gave him a new name. He was a brand new Christian, a brand new person in instant because of meeting Jesus. Jesus Christ. But even then, Paul knew that he had not achieved it all and he had not reached the finish line. But what he had that made him have all the difference in the world was Paul had a close encounter with Jesus Christ. Paul experienced Jesus. He had a conversation with him. And when you want to talk about a conversation, listen, you want to talk about that song, Just a Little Talk with Jesus Makes It Right. The writer of this song must have interviewed Paul at that road to Damascus encounter with Christ or this writer had the same experience or a very similar experience because having the right conversation, listen, Saul's just little, his just little talk with Jesus changed everything. He didn't have anything that he needed to look back toward. He didn't want to go back to the Sanhedrin court. He didn't want to learn all those things and be a Pharisee and like all those other dreams that he had and all the other learning. He walked away from every bit of that after one conversation conversation with Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you today, having the right conversation with Jesus can and will change everything for you also. He will make you a new person. He will change your mind. He'll change the way you think. He'll change the things that you desire if you'll just hold on to him and press forward toward that mark that he set before you. So I want to ask you today, what makes people look back? What makes people turn back to the world after experiencing Jesus? Because there's a lot of people that does that. In the world that we live in today, and I know you people all around the world in the 70 plus countries that's listening to this podcast today, I know that you guys see this too. You see that people come to the altar, they get a really good experience, they shout, they, they get a really good anointing on their life, and they, they meet Jesus, and then they get back out in the world and, and they see the same people that they used to see, their habits, their fleshly habits, their, their mindset, everything takes them back to what they used to do and eventually it just fades out and it goes away. 
So I'm going to tell you what it is, what makes people turn back. It's that they forget their testimony. They forget the things that God has done for them. They forget that when they were lost and undone and, and living in sin and had so many torments in their life, they forgot all of those things that was going on that their friends couldn't help them with, but Jesus Christ showed up. They forgot all those times that Jesus stepped into their life and all the things that God had done for them. Church, I want to tell you today that when you start allowing your testimony to fade, so will your walk with God. And that, that walk with God that gave you your testimony and other things start taking priority over sharing what God has done for us. And we start losing our faith. The next thing you know, the words of our testimony have faded away and so does our faith. And we find ourselves turning back to the things that we used to do. We find ourselves turning back to the old lifestyle, knowing we're not supposed to be there, knowing we shouldn't be there, knowing we shouldn't be doing the things that we're doing. Why do we do it? Because we forget our testimony. Our testimony gets to the back of our mind. It fades out with time of us committing sin and, and getting back involved in the world. And and uh, my church, they sang a song last week that talked a lot about our testimony. And it's, uh, look what the Lord has done. And it says, he healed my body. He changed my mind. He, he, he healed me. He changed me. He saved me just in time. And I'm going to praise his name because every day is going to be just the same. So come on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. We need to be keeping the things that God has done in our life on the forefront of our mind, on the tips of our lips, readily available to share what God has done with other people around us, ready to tell the other people around us and strangers and, and friends and family and everybody that we know, everybody that we meet, that Jesus Christ has done these things for us. I used to be sick and he healed me. I used to have this problem and he took care of it. I used to be lost and undone and he found me. I used to be full of sin. Maybe you was a drug addict and God sets you free and you've never craved it again. Whatever it was, you need to tell people, look what the Lord has done for me. I'm praising his name. You need to do the same thing. He can change you. He can heal you. He can set you free from that thing that holds you bondage. We need to stay focused on sharing our testimony as a way of reminding ourselves of what God has done in our lives and keep his great deeds in your life fresh on your lips for the world to hear. Oh yes, times may be tough. I understand there's all kinds of calamities going on around the world in all these countries that hears this podcast, but times may be tough. Struggles, the struggles in your life, they may be overwhelming, but I want to tell you, so is God's faithfulness. Hello? Come on. God's faithfulness is tougher than life's trials. God's faithfulness will seem overwhelming when he steps into your disaster and proves that he's the master. And when the trial of of one is great proportion. One one great big trial becomes a great big proportion in your life and you don't understand what to do with it. You find yourself going through it alone and no one else has volunteered to walk it with you. No one else helps you out with it, but Jesus shows up right in the middle of your trial when no one would help you. Mama couldn't fix it. Daddy couldn't fix it. Your best friend couldn't fix it. No one on your short list of folks that you could count on has showed up to help you through that trial, but 
Jesus showed up just in time. Right when all seemed lost, Jesus was there. Right when hope had fallen to the wayside, Jesus Christ, your friend that sticks closer than a brother, showed up and gave you the victory that you needed. Jesus walked into your scenario. He proves himself in a way that nobody else can. There's nobody that can prove themselves to be so victorious and, and conquer the trials in your life like Jesus Christ does. He proves himself better than anybody else can prove themselves. So you want to ask me why I believe like I believe. And you say you might be curious as to why I keep my faith in Jesus like I, I do. But I want to tell you, I've been down that road of temptations. I've been down that road of hardships and trials. I've had friends fade out of the picture when things got bad. I had a whole lot of friends when I was in high school. I had a lot of people that hung out, wanted to do things with me, really thought that it was cool for us to all hang out. But let me tell you something, when things got bad, when things things got tough when there were struggles in your life. They all disappeared like roaches when the lights came on. But I want to tell you something. There was one who didn't leave me. There was one who didn't stop believing in me. There was one who showed up when nobody else would. There was one who turned my impossible into his possible. He turned my test and moaning into a testimony and his name is Jesus. His name is Master. His name is Redeemer. He's the Prince of Peace, the bright morning star. He's my Savior. I'm going to make it personal. He's my Jesus, my Master, my Lord and Savior. I want to tell you my hope ain't gone today, devil. My hope has a name. His name is Jesus. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is readily and available waiting to touch your life, waiting to do the things that you need the most that nobody else can step into your life and change. I want to give you my testimony myself. He's faithful to me. He's faithful in caring for me and my family and taking care of us when, when we had hardships. He won't treat you any different either if you will trust in him and put your faith in him today. And listen, I want to tell you somebody else that God was really faithful to today. Everyone bailed out on him and took the road of fear and didn't have faith. And he was left standing alone with one of his buddies. And that name is Joshua. And you may know the story of Joshua in the Bible as, as Moses had chosen him to be the one to go forward and take on what he had already started. Uh, Moses had spent had sent spies into the land of Canaan. He sent 12 spies uh, into the land of Canaan to spy out the land that God had promised them after they had come through the desert and arrived at the Jordan River ready to cross over into the Canaan land. And Moses sent ten, uh, 12 spies and they spent day after day after day looking at all the great food and the and the vineyards and all the beauty of the city and thought, man, this is wonderful. This is the land that God has given us. This is awesome. We're so old. No, what is that in front of me? Oh, it's terrible. There's no way we can take this land. Look at the size of those men. Can you believe this? There is no way. God can't give us this land. There's no way we can fight those people. We can't beat those folks. And listen, 10 of those spies came back full of fear. They had forgotten all the good things that they had seen over there and they came back full of fear and told Moses and told the people of Israel that there is no way that we could ever win this battle. We can't take that land that it's hopeless. But Joshua and Caleb
Caleb came back full of faith. Why? Because the 10 that came back in fear had forgotten their testimony. They had forgotten the plagues that had happened in Egypt and didn't fall on the land of Goshen where the, where the Israelites were. They had forgotten God parting the Red Sea so that they could walk over on dry land and then closing it in on the Egyptians. They had forgotten the rock that was smitten, that was smote and gave them water and that rock followed them all throughout the desert. They had forgotten the bread that had been falling from heaven every day to feed them. They forgot about the quail. They forgot about every single thing that God had been doing. Their testimony of what God had done to bring them out of Egypt had suddenly faded into the back and all of a sudden the only thing they could think of is these men are too big for us. There's no way God could do anything with them but not Joshua. Joshua remembered God's hand and all of these things and he said the Lord will bring us into the land and give it to us. Don't rebel against God. Don't fear the people in that land. Listen to this church. Listen what what Joshua said. He said don't fear those people in the land. They are bread for us. (laughs) In other words he said we're going to have them for lunch. We're going to devour those people. Why? Because God is on our side. He's not on their side. God called us to this land. God is not going to take us into something that he's told us he would give us and then turn around and turn his back on us. And you know, the people wanted to stone him. They wanted to destroy him for talking like that. And why was Joshua so full of faith? You ask yourself, why did this one young man that he was just a small child when he come out of, uh, when he came out of Egypt, And as he crossed the Red Sea and spent all that time seeing what God had done and seeing the miracles that God had performed and as he grew up, they want to tell him, listen, I want to tell you today, Jesus or, or God is a big God. He's done all these things for us. But see, they didn't want to believe all that, but Joshua did. Joshua believed he he didn't forget his testimony. Even as a young teenage boy, he didn't forget his testimony. And later on in Joshua chapter 12, after they went back and spent 40 years in the wilderness, and Joshua got to hang out with Moses and see the faith of Moses, and he, he was mentored and he saw all the lack of faith and all those people that doubted died off in the wilderness. And, and nobody that had a lack of faith got to live through it and go into the promised land. Later on in Joshua chapter 12, we see a list of victories that God had given Joshua. It was 31 kings defeated by Joshua where he marched through the Canaan land, taking everything that God had said that they could have. And Joshua 12 and 7 specifically says it's a list of kings that Joshua conquered. And I want to tell you, it don't mention their defeats. It don't mention their hard times. It don't mention all the trials and struggles that they had while they was going through those battles. Some of those kings, if you don't know, Joshua fought and lost to. They got their hind ends handed to them in some of those battles and they had to go back and fight again. But this passage in Joshua chapter 12, it don't mention the losses that Joshua had fought. It don't mention the times that they struggled and had to go back and take another shot at it. Why? Why? I want to tell you why. Because it's another testimony. God's not looking at how many times you struggle and have to go back and try again. God's not looking at the times you fall down on your face. He's looking at the times you get back up and follow what he's told you to do and do the things that he's placed in your life and called you to do. I've given you a vision. Now walk it out. Don't look back. Don't take a look at what you've came from. Joshua knew that God had parted that Red Sea. He knew that God had given them water from the rock, sent bread from heaven. Joshua knew all these things and I believe that when he got one look at that 
fruitful land and, and those giants that was in the land that he had something in his mind that came to his heart and he said, listen boys, I don't know about you, but I've come too far to turn back now. God sent us to this and he'll get us through this. I've done seen God to do too much and I've seen his hand on too many things in our lives to think that well, since he showed up in Egypt and done the miraculous things there, since he showed up at the Red Sea, since he showed up when we were thirsty and dying in the desert, since he showed up and gave us bread from heaven, since he showed up at the mountain out there and gave us his commandments and showed us his love, and since he showed up and walked with us all through that, I want to tell you, I believe that since he was there, he's going to be right here in this land of Canaan, so I'm going to press forward to the mark that God has given me, and I'm going to go in and take this land. Let me tell you something, church. The devil is going to show up. He's going to try to sell you a good temptation. He's going to try, though, everything that he can to shut you down and put fear in your life, put people in your life that will pull you down and believe the negative things that they believe. Listen, the devil tried it on Jesus. Don't think he won't try it on you. Satan has no shame as to how far he's willing to go, but when he shows up, Listen to me, church. When he shows up, it's time for you to remember your testimony. It's time for you to remember what God brought you from. It's time for you to remember what he brought you through and the things that he's done for you to keep you alive and to keep you breathing and keep you on your feet, pressing forward toward that mark that he's given you. It's time to start telling the devil what God has done for you. It's time to start telling that devil how many times Jesus has showed up when nobody else would show up. It's time to tell that devil that he's too late. I've done been through too much stuff. I've seen what Jesus has done. He's the only one who's came to my rescue when nobody else was around. I've got nothing in my past worth going back to, Satan. And you don't have anything to offer me that would make me want to go back to that old life. And Jesus has been too good to me. Jesus has been faithful and true to his word. So get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. I have come too far to turn back now. You're going to have to find somebody else to pick on, devil, because I shall not be moved. I'm moving forward. Listen, church, I want to tell you today, there's many of you out there that's listening. There's many of you that's got trials and tribulations. The world is beating you up. The sinful lifestyle out there that just keeps calling your name and trying to pull you back in it. Listen, God is more than enough to take care of you. He's faithful. He wants you to remember your testimony. Remember the things. Think back to where you was before you found him. Remember the faith that he has placed in you. Think about the impossible things that was going on in your life when Jesus Jesus was the only person that showed up. And remember those things. Bring them to the forefront of your heart and say, you know what, devil? I know that you're trying to push this stuff back on me. It may look hopeless right now, but I serve a God who specializes in hopeless today. And he's going to see me through this no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter my emotions, no matter my pain, no matter the disgust of what I'm facing, my God will be faithful to me and Jesus will see me through it. 
So if you need God to strengthen you and give you this kind of courage today, find yourself a place to kneel down. Find yourself a pray, a place to pray and ask God to come over and talk to you and encourage you and strengthen you. Let the Holy Spirit move upon your life and take you to that place of comfort that you need so you can get your mind focused on the things that God has done in the past and get your mind put forward on the things that he's going to do for you in the future because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it back in Egypt, he did it in the desert, he'll do it in your land of Canaan. He's not going to leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just want you to pray. Ask God to strengthen you. Don't give up the time of prayer. Don't walk away from time of prayer. It's fatal to you when you don't pray. And listen, turn to Jesus about the situation you're going through. Turn to Jesus Christ. Ask him to come in and change the situation. Tell him, say, I know what my testimony is. I know that you did it back there. I know that you'll do it again right here, right now. Amen. God bless you. I hope this has helped you out. I hope that it has touched your life and encouraged you today to continue to press forward to the mark and tell the devil, say, listen, I have come too far to turn back now. It may look tough, but it ain't the end of my story. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you on the next one.